Hello and welcome into another episode of the Esports Network podcast in partnership with Reuters. As always, I'm your host, Mitch Reams. The Esports Network podcast is brought to you by Technology Game Changers. Check them out at tgcplay.com, linked right below the show. Today, we are talking video games on New Year's Eve. While Times Square won't be packed with people excited to ring out this hellish year, the Times Square spirit will still come through with a virtual event through a partnership between Ultimate Gamer and global real estate firm Jamestown. Ultimate Gamer is an online tournament portal and community, and today we're talking to Steve Suarez, Ultimate Gaming CEO. Steve, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Mitch. It's an honor to be here. I'm excited to talk with Steve primarily about this New Year's Eve event, and then also talking about Ultimate Gamer in general. First, at this MYE event, Ultimate Gamer will host a variety of streams, including ones from esports organizations Furia and Misfits Gaming. They'll have appearances from Hip Hop Gamer as well. He's a friend of the show. And they will host tournaments in Fortnite, Apex, League of Legends, and Valorant. There's also a charity element, as the Christopher and Dana Reeve Foundation will run educational content and fundraisers to support people living with paralysis. Starting December 19th, fans can download the virtual New Year's Eve app called VNYE or visit VNYE.com to find streams and giveaways. We're going to get into that discussion about what Ultimate Gamer is and how this event came together. But first, Steve, when gamers hear NYE Gaming Celebration, they first think of Ninja trying to do a Fortnite dance in front of a crowd of less than enthusiastic New Yorkers. (laughs) What drew you to targeting this day? for another gaming event why did you feel like gaming fits so well for new year's eve well mitch look Times square new year's eve is probably one of the most iconic events of the year you know with my background in, in events and production that's kind of the mecca of all events right it's it's watched by they have over a billion impressions every year um and it's televised by stations all around the world and this year you know unfortunately due to the pandemic New Year's Eve in Times Square is going to look a little bit different. Um, so, so we thought that it was a great idea to partner with the folks at Jamestown and create a virtual experience, which is very interactive and, and, and allow this gaming generation to experience virtual New Year's Eve, New Year's Eve in Times Square, but virtually. It's actually kind of the way I'd rather experience New Year's <laughs> Eve in Times Square. I've heard horror stories from attending that event on the ground that like you can't find a bathroom or it's just like you're you're sort of just stuck in a line for six hours until the ball drops uh so i've always felt like it's a event better experienced either on my tv or virtually if possible well I, listen i don't disagree with you but but you know virtually this year what's really cool about it is that you're actually going to be it's it's so interactive through our virtual new year's eve app um you download the app or you do it on your desktop and and you experience it as a, as an avatar and you get to dress up as the ultimate gamer avatar or as, you know, five different types of avatars. And you get to walk around Times Square, meet people, you know, look at three, see three different concerts, um, live, you can um, play games. You can go into, into stores and to the ultimate gamer lounge and visit some of our partners and, 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 and special deals that we have with them. So it's a very unique experience, um, that I think people are really, really going to enjoy. So take us into a little bit about what this event looks like. When you, when you describe it, I'm thinking my, my brain's going towards like VR, AR almost, like yeah. walking around to these different portals and different entry points. How does this event look and play out on the app? You, you are in Times Square. It is Times Square 
virtually. So when, when you when you download the app and you register, you are an avatar and you get to walk around um, Times Square, go into the stores, um, it, go into live concerts at the one Times Square building. You jump in the elevator and you go up to, you know, the second floor or the third floor and watch these live concerts. And, and you get to also play games. Um, there's three games in the virtual New Year's Eve app. And then through ultimategamer.com, you can play. So you can come participate in some of our competitions, some of our gaming competitions to win um, prizes from some of our partners, some really cool prizes. Yeah, a ton of big brands on this event as well. It's, uh, like you mentioned, massive impressions on the New Year's Eve uh, event every single year. This year looking a lot different. People are still going to be really excited to ring out this year in particular, uh, but they're also going to be at home, hopefully not partying. Please don't party on New Year's Eve. That should go without saying. Uh, our audience <laughs> is smart enough to know that. I don't have to tell them that. Uh, but it feels like something that people are going to be kind of at a loss for what to do on New Year's Eve. You know, I think about all the past ones, it's usually a party of some sort. And this year, I won't be. So I don't know what I'm going to do on New Year's Eve. Are you expecting to see uh, an even higher rate of impressions on this night than we would see in the past because of how uh, many people are just not gonna really going to have plans? Well, my, my first hope is that people are going to, you know, the app is absolutely free. Um, so, you know, you lose nothing by trying it out and experience it. I think everybody, um, gamer or non-gamer, will enjoy the experience and, and a lot of the features that the app has. But to your point, look, we have a very ambitious goal of 100 million downloads um, of this application, which would be um, the, the most downloaded app by a multiple of, of about seven, right? If, if we reach those numbers, but we have partners like Disney, um, Kia, H&M. Um, so there's really big partners who have been pushing this, this virtual New Year's Eve app um, now, and, and we think we'll, we'll get there. And, and it's going to be a really unique experience that I think people, are, again, are really going to enjoy. Unique is a good word of describing it. That was one of the first things I noticed when this came across was like, I was like, oh, I don't know if I've ever seen an event just like this one. What was the brainchild? You mentioned how you brought these big partners on. Uh, where did Ultimate Gamer come from that allowed you to be in a position where, hey, this is the kind of event we're going to go? You know, was this something you thought of? And we're like, we could do this virtual event where people travel around Times Square. Take us through the early stages of when this event started to come together. I mean, I wish I could take credit for it because I think it's that great of an idea, but that wouldn't be fair. Um, the brainchild, um, this, was, this was all thought through from um, Sherry White, who is an executive at Jamestown Properties. And this is kind of one of her dreams. Um, which was slated to, to launch about three years from now. Um, but once the pandemic hit, um, the Jamestown Group streamlined this process and, and, and really spent a lot of money, time, and effort and, and built an incredible team in order to create this app in, in, you know, in eight months as opposed to you know, three years. Um, so I think as the years go on, the experience is going to even be um, elevated even more. Um, but again, this, this, we partnered with Jamestown. We have a very great relationship with them. And, um, you know, they wanted to cater to a different audience. Um, to your point, everybody's going to be home this year. Um, when, when in the past, you know, the demographic that would watch, you know, virtual New Year's Eve are guys like me, right? I'm 41. Um, and I'm home ready to go to sleep by 10 o'clock. So I'm just kind of, you know, trying to stay awake till midnight so I can watch the ball drop in, in Times Square and say that I did it. Um, where this year, I think you're going to see a totally different demographic, you know, at home 
looking for something to do and and we encourage them to to download this application and and participate it's very interactive and um engaging and um you know you get great deals from again from partners and it's it's a really cool different experience yeah i'm excited to check it out for sure you mentioned how Jamestown Properties, one of the a massive re, real estate firm, uh, was th- thinking about gaming strategies and virtual strategies, and I find that really interesting because, as we've talked about on this pandemic, a long times, is that the pandemic didn't necessarily cause a shift in how people were thinking about esports, but it caused an acceleration of ideas. People who were like, "Oh, this would be a fun thing to do," when things shut down, they were like is now the time to to do this gaming strategy that we were talking about. You mentioned how it was three years out in the future. It's like, okay, what if we did it now? And we've seen that happen in uh, gambling worlds. We've seen that happen in a lot of brand offices where they talk about gaming strategies. And I find that pretty interesting. Is that something Jamestown, you know, they're targeting a virtual space here. Uh, I don't, I know you can't entirely talk for their entire corporate brand strategy, uh, but are we going to see more, real estate firms expanding into gaming strategies and opening up gaming locations and gaming festivals and gaming events? I think undoubtedly we will, right? I think, um, first of all, as far as Jamestown is concerned, they're innovators. I mean, they, they created Chelsea Market um, in New York City. Um, they, they're, they're innovators in the real estate, commercial real estate space. And, you know, I'm not really at liberty to speak about it, but they, there's going to be a a major project that they're going to be launching at the one time square building where the ball drops. Most people don't know that's a vacant building. That building has been vacant for 30 years um, since they purchased it. And um, they're going to do a major renovation there. That's going to be the most state of the art, incredible facility anybody's ever seen in the world. Um, I've seen some of it. I've had, I've been lucky enough to see some of it. And um, it's, it's insane what they're incorporating there. And when you start talking about gaming and virtual reality and these worlds that they're going to create within that building um, and museum that they're creating is, is, is truly spectacular. So Jamestown by far are pioneers, but I think you're going to start seeing um, commercial property owners who are now have vacant storefronts, right? You see a, a turn towards online shopping. Um, so you, you see more and more vacancies in these commercial buildings. And I think, um, you're going to start seeing a lot more gaming centers um, and what we call land centers, obviously, in, in, in shopping centers um, throughout the world, for sure. That was actually my very next question. I find it really fascinating when you think about other entertainment industries. There are, you know, movie theaters are common. Even small towns have, have a local movie theater. Uh, concerts and live music, sporting events are all pretty common gathering places. And video games are a bigger industry than music and film combined. combined but the gaming, the public gaming event is pretty few and far between. It's usually these massive, almost circus-like cons that come into town. It's like, oh, DreamHack's here okay, we're all going to do gaming for two days, but then it, it goes away. There aren't as many like consistent tentpole places in communities where it's like, oh yeah, that's where we go to go play video games. Do you think we're going to see that change as we enter 2021? It's going to be the year of things opening up as more people get the vaccine, restrictions finally lift. Are we going to see gaming become a more public activity next year uh, brought on by a lot of the, the fervor around gaming during the pandemic? And then once things close, like you mentioned on the business side, there are now open storefronts, there are now open opportunities for it. Are we going to see gaming go 
public next year in a, for lack of a better way of saying it? Yeah, I, I absolutely think so. I think not only are you going to see gaming centers popping up and more people um, doing live gaming events, smaller events catered more towards the 99 percenters, which is a really big initiative of Ultimate Gamer. Whereas you see events that happen now that are live or catered towards the one percenters where you're talking about, right? These professional teams and leagues, which are awesome. Um, but there's 99% of, of, of 3 billion people who identify themselves as gamers that don't have an outlet or a venue to, to kind of celebrate um, gaming and what they're passionate about. So I think you'll start seeing that. I, also start th- I think you'll start seeing a lot of content creation studios um, that will be open for people to come in and, and create content and, and really unique stuff, um, which is something we're, we're working on as well. So, um, yeah, I, I definitely think it's going to start opening up and, and, and you're going to see a lot more of it. The content creation studio is really interesting. I hadn't thought about that, but that's a great business opportunity. If you look at how or what it takes to put a Twitch stream together, the startup costs involved with that. If you could go to a place that just has a rig light and a, a high-powered gaming PC and all the software installed at a green screen, and it's like, hey, here's how you go live. That's yeah, seems really impactful. Absolutely. And, and, and teach people how to make money gaming. I mean, there's so many streamers making a great living. Um, and, and, and it's not, it's, it's, it, there, there's a way to do it. Um, and we want to help people learn how to do that and, um, and, and capitalize on this incredible market, right? Absolutely. That's the goal. And I, I know a lot of people are right now. You know, I talked to uh, my younger cousins. If this was a normal Christmas, I'm sure they'd be telling me about all their streams and their YouTube channels and that I need to follow them and shut them out. Uh, not yet, because what, what, one day, maybe. Uh, but they're, they're all trying to build their gaming channels. And I'm, you know, they're, they're, uh, my uncles and aunts always ask me, they're like, is this, you know, is this a waste of time? And I'm like, no, I mean, is, are the chances they're all going to, get massive followings super high probably not but is it good experience and good like managing a brand content creation video editing i'm like yeah it is so it's like yeah i'd encourage it uh, and, but i and and mitch i think to, to your point i think you're seeing high schools universities colleges all opening up these programs to teach kids how to do this right um you know there's hundreds of colleges now that that are that are giving scholarships for e-gaming um, and I think that's going to also open up more and more um, and into the streaming, you know, and production side of it and teaching them how to how to do editing and, and coding and STEM. And um, it, it's, it's very interesting what's happening. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. The scholarships is usually the best thing I could say. They're like, oh, what? I'm like, yeah, quite a bit and more every day. They're like, oh, OK, then we can get behind this. I can yeah. see money saved in the future. OK. <laughs> Absolutely. So you talk about the top 1%, and that's definitely something I've been thinking about a lot. You know, 2020 was supposed to be the year that Activision Blizzard esports went around the country and held events in Call of Duty and Overwatch at all these various cities, cities that had almost never hosted a gaming event. But as I was thinking about that, that was such an event catered to the 1%, where it's this high level thing in a generally kind of small arena it's you know seven eight thousand people and it's like you're gonna get the absolute most hardcore gamers to those events and that's great but that's not exactly the audience that needs to be mobilized here 
how do you build lifestyle and community-based events that bring in that 99% of gamers uh, in local communities? Like, what does that template look like? And are we going to see it start being implemented a little bit more in the coming years? Absolutely. Um, you know, first of all, I think you have to create, which is what we've done with Ultimate Gamer, a community um, that is the, that is a truly inclusive and accepting community, no matter what you like to play on, whether you like to play on PC, console, or mobile, um, or whether you like to play first-person shooter games or battle royale games or mobile games or fighting games or sports games, right? I think right now the issue that the gaming community has is that it's very siloed. Um, and you have so many different awesome communities, by the way, not that there's anything wrong with it, but it's so many different communities within this massive community that we all belong to, which is just the gaming community. Um, and an ultimate gamer, what we're trying to strive to do is create the world's largest and most inclusive and diverse gaming community in the world, because we're welcoming everybody to be an ultimate gamer. Um, and it's truly about the 99 percenters, right? The pros, they play their games. It's like asking LeBron James, you know, to go play football, you know? No, he's a professional. He plays basketball. That's his craft. That's what he works on. That's what the one percenters are, right? They work on their craft nonstop. Um, and we want to invite the 99 percenters, right, to come in and, and, and play across genres and, and try different, um, you know, hardware, right? And play, play console and play PC and play mobile games. Um, and as far as the live component is concerned, you know, my hope is to, to have live regional events next year around the world um, and, and, and through some of the partnerships that we're working on, you know, be able to bring live gaming events to the 99 percenters. We're talking right now to probably one of the largest big box stores in, in the world um, about creating live events at every single one of their locations. Um, you know, and, and that's truly the 99 percenters. But yes, I think you'll, you'll start seeing that. I feel like I have an idea what big box store that is, but I'm not going to press you on it because uh, I'm curious. But uh, <laughs> I, it has been something that we've seen big box stores create gaming tournaments. And, and we've seen a lot of land centers open up. We're seeing colleges open up their own esports centers where they have a bunch of gaming PCs. Uh, we're seeing companies like Vindex invest a lot into belong gaming arenas where they're going to open up a bunch of these different places for people to play. Uh, and it's, you know, the same model that's very popular in Asia with their uh, PC bags and just the ways that people consume video games in other places of the world are much different than the very isolated and siloed experience uh, that we have in North America and in much of Europe, too. And so it's uh, it's quite interesting. And it's something that I'm hoping changes because I think it has quite a few benefits in general uh, for gaming especially in the areas of reducing toxicity and, and adding more inclusion to the space. And I think, I think the code that has to be cracked there, which is what we're trying to do, is how do you bring gaming to the communities and make it free, right? I think right now the, the, the models that you're seeing is a pay-to-play model, um, which is fine. Um, but I, I, what we want to try to do is bring it to the communities and, and make it free, um, free to play um, so that people can experience gaming, compete in tournaments, win money, win prizes, um, absolutely free, um, no matter. So it, there, there's no barrier to entry and we want to make it accessible to absolutely everybody. Interesting. What does that look like in terms of a business model? Is that something like where there'd be like a free 
festival or something and then you have a bunch of sponsors you have different stands exactly. maybe you're selling things but the general admission the cost of admission is free absolutely that's exactly what it is right somebody has to pay for it right no it's not free right but it, it we want it to be free to the consumer so there's there's so many companies and and and, and partners that we have um that that have the, the the money and 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 the the resources to to make it accessible to all these communities um, and we want to go out to the communities that are less fortunate. We want to go out to disenfranchised communities and, and take gaming to them and um, and make it accessible. So they would it would not cost them a penny. They'd be able to play on the newest technology with the best internet um, and compete and 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 capture. And we want to capture those stories, all that content as well. Um, so that's what we're working on. I, I think the pay to play model um, <clears throat> will be gone um, very soon. You can definitely see how that would disenfranchise some people, especially the people who most need, who don't have high-powered gaming PCs at their house. And then it's like, oh, but you can come here and play ours, but it just costs, you know, it'll cost you 30 bucks for this afternoon. It's like, well, yeah. I, I can't do that either. So it yep. doesn't really solve the problem. <laughs> yep, exactly. Exactly. And also with, with our mission of being inclusive and diverse, um, we want to be accessible as well to everybody. And, and one of the things we're doing is also creating the first ever, you know, adaptive um, gaming division um, with upper uh, limb mobilities. Um, and, and we're really proud of our partnership with the Christopher Reeve Foundation. And we did that in the fitness space and we created the first ever adaptive divisions in CrossFit. Um, and now it's part of the CrossFit Games, which is the World Championships of CrossFit. Um, we were the pioneers in that space doing that and, and, and we want to be the pioneers in the gaming space to give them a platform as well. That's fantastic. I had no idea that you were working with CrossFit as well. Talk about that relationship with the Christopher and Data Reeve Foundation, how it came about and all the work you guys have done together. Yeah, so, um, well, we, we didn't do it in the CrossFit space. We met the, the, the folks at the Christopher um, Reeve Foundation about um, a year ago. And, you know, one of our biggest initiatives in Ultimate Gamer, like I said, is to be in the most inclusive and diverse. And, and part of that is, is catering to the adaptive community. There's a massive adaptive community that deserves um, the right to compete and to celebrate gaming and, and to be part of this gaming community, right? And they don't need to be a sideshow or, or, or some siloed off community. They're part of the gaming community. And, I, and I, you know, I hope an adaptive gamer becomes the ultimate gamer, right? <laughs> that would be that would be ideal. Um, but but we're working with them on raising money, creating awareness, um, research and development for tools for for adaptive gamers. Um, and 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 it, it's a great partnership that we're very proud of, and 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 they're going to have a chance to compete and participate just like anybody else would. Fantastic! I love that. Anything that inclusives or. Uh that adds inclusivity to the gaming world and helps push it forward is always something that uh, I'm happy to see more of. And it, it's great that this industry as a whole, at least from the guests that I've talked to, a lot of people, a lot of different companies are all focused on that space. And that's definitely one of the uh, things that's going to create real change when you have all these other companies doing it because it's the right thing to do and they care about it is going to create some, you know, of really good uh, advancements in the future at least i sure hope so yep i agree and i think microsoft is really leading the way um there for now so i'm hoping that all the other major 
um, companies jump on board and start investing money into research and development and, and, and making gaming truly accessible to absolutely everybody for sure. It's beautiful. Mobile gaming has helped it has helped with that a lot as well. Yep. At least bring it to more people, creating more ways of playing games. We see gaming absolutely explode in various regions. Uh, you know, China is quite obviously driving the gaming industry in many ways, but also uh, the rise of PUBG Mobile and other games in India. Uh, Brazil going absolutely insane following their content. I just saw Neymar playing Valorant yesterday, and so oh, yeah. they've been. Yeah, he was playing. He's actually really good at, uh, I know. or maybe it was CS:GO. Actually, he's really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Latin, the, the the Latin American community in gaming has exploded as well. So it's just exploding all over the world. It, it's it's really awesome to see. It's a great time to be a gamer, and I think twenty twenty one is going to be a year where we see so much of the momentum that was sort of pent up. Uh, there was already momentum in the gaming space well before the pandemic. And then the pandemic stopped things, but everybody's like, wow, well, gaming's still continuing. Gaming numbers are skyrocketing. It's like it's like pulling back a car and just waiting for it and building up all this momentum. And then it's just going to launch in 2021. Uh, and we're going to see tons of new events, starting with a New Year's Eve celebration, a virtual New Year's Eve celebration uh, with VNYE, which you can download on the App Store. By the time you listen to this show, It'll be available on the App Store, so be sure uh, to download the app ahead of New Year's Eve and play it. You can play it before that as well. So before we wrap up, we're going to give one more chance for you to plug it. Uh, but I'm curious, you know, I know you've been focusing entirely on this virtual New Year's Eve celebration. It's a massive event. Uh, can you take us a little bit of example of what you're looking at in the years to come? What's Ultimate Gamer's long-term plan and growth strategy uh, in 2021, 2022, and beyond? Well, we just hope to welcome everybody that, that loves gaming to be part of our community. It's absolutely free to enter at ultimategamer.com. Celebrate gaming through this competition that we do to find the best gamer on earth. Um, we really are the only ones in the world doing that and, and, and giving people a platform to compete. Um, just challenge yourself to try something different, um, meet new people, you know, create custom leaderboards amongst your friends or your coworkers or your family and, and have fun and what you what you love to do and, and, and see where you where you rank amongst everybody in the world and um and really celebrate gaming through this competition. So I I I really look forward. We've had, you know, kind of astronomical growth from our launch in June. Um and um I, I think we'll have, you know, close to ten million gamers you know, celebrating with us come March 1st when the, when, when the worldwide opens begins and, and hope to continue to grow the community and do good for this community um, throughout Wait, the years. You, you launched in June and you have over 2 million registered users? Yeah, close to 3 million now, correct. <laughs> yeah. Wow, okay. Yeah. That's incredible. Congratulations on that Thank growth. You. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, I guess I, I you need a plug, but you don't really need a plug, do you? It yeah. seems like you guys are already on an exponential growth track. But uh, here's here's how we'll do it. Of all the things that you could do in the virtual New Year's Eve app at the event, what's the one thing you're most excited to do uh, at Times Square? I just want I want to watch the ball drop. That's so iconic. So I'm looking forward to watching the ball drop and the fireworks um, and the countdown on on the virtual New Year's Eve app. I think it's going to be really cool. Me too. I'm going to have to check it out. Like I said, I have no idea what I'm doing for New Year's Eve. So any sort of gaming event or just uh, a way to experience some of that, uh, 
the fun aspects of New Year's Eve in Times Square. It's going to look a little weird. I don't know. Are they going to do a broadcast to nobody where it's just like empty and a ball no, drops? And... There, well, <laughs> no, there, there is a live component, um, but it's it's invite only. So what, what they've done this year, and I think it was the right thing to do, and it, it was it's a great thing that they're doing it. It's basically first responders and frontline workers. So oh, they've invited okay. they've invited front uh, frontline workers and first responders um, who who have really taken you know the, the forefront of this battle against uh, against this pandemic and this virus. Um, so they, there's going to be a live component, but there won't be the hundreds of thousands of people in Times Square. It's a very controlled environment, and the live concerts will happen in Times Square. So stages will be set up. Um, and you will have all those live concerts. I believe Justin Bieber's performing, and there's a bunch of other performances. Um, Mariah Carey, and um, so so that'll be what's 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 what happens in, in the live event. Um, <clears throat> well, that's really cool. That's that, I'm glad they're doing that. That's a great solution. They're also the first group of people who've been vaccinated, which is nice. But it's yep. they deserve it. They deserve any sort of recognition and special treatment that we can get them at this point. Agreed. Agreed. I love it. Well, that's a great note to end on. To our listeners, you'll be hearing this uh, right after Christmas, so New Year's Eve coming up in the next few days. Be sure to check, hop on the app. You'll still be able to download it and check it out. Uh, I am going to be out taking a Christmas break, even if I'm not traveling. So I will uh, be back on Friday, which I believe is New Year's Day with the next episode. So be on the lookout for that. And remember, the Esports Network podcast is brought to you by Technology Game Changers. You can check them out at tgcplay.com, linked right below this show. Have a great holiday break, everyone.